Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlund here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of the day's message is Preaching Right Living or Right Believing. Hey, before I get into this great message today, I want to let you know about something that's starting March 8th, the Thriving Church Leadership Course on IgnitingHopeAcademy.com. It uses my book, Help, I Am a Pastor, and it's 12 weeks for emphasis to thrive in, thriving in beliefs, thriving in relationships, thriving in structure, and thriving in the supernatural. It's a course that is great for practical church leadership and wisdom, things I've learned. I have 80 core values in the book, Help I'm a Pastor, that I've learned in my experience, learned from Bill Johnson, Chris Vallotton, Danny Silk, and many others. So if you're a church leader, emerging church leader, if you want to understand how to thrive in those areas, even if you're not a church leader, even though the language is definitely going to be directed towards church leadership, it's going to be one more connection point with us. In those three months, we will have six, I'll do six Zoom Q&As. My team, that I've got a great team, will be doing weekly connection times, revival group settings where Prophecy will be happening where there will be encouragements and other relational connection. IgnitingHopeAcademy.com. Thriving Church Leadership starts March 8th, 2021. Let's get into this message today. Preaching right living or right believing? Let me ask you a question. Is it more important to preach about right living or to preach about right believing? Now, the Old Testament answer was it's more important to teach about right living, about the law, about behavior, about performance, what you're doing. The New Testament, the right answer is right believing. And actually, right believing will create right living. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're not, you're going to be transformed beyond what is happening in you, in the world. Now, Abraham, he was an Old Testament, Old Covenant person. He is held up to us as the example of how to live in the New Covenant. Listen to this out of Romans chapter 4, verses 13 to 15. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be heirs, faith is null and the promise void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. I love that. Abraham is held up to us, especially in Romans, Romans 4 and beyond, as the person to follow. Now, unfortunately, many of us in the new covenant start in faith, but go back to an old covenant mindset of focusing more on performance 
than on beliefs. Listen to Galatians 3, 1 to 3. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of a law or by the hearing of faith, hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? The same way we get into the kingdom is the same way we advance in the kingdom. It's by hearing good news and believing it. Now, according to this passage in Galatians 3, we are living in the flesh if we are focused more on what we are doing than what we are believing and hearing. Do you know what the opposite of faith is? It is not fear, it is works. By the way, the opposite of fear is love. Perfect love casts out all fear. The opposite of faith is works. There are two ways to approach God, through faith and through works. One works, <laughs> to use that language, one really works, and the other doesn't. Faith works. Works does not work. Now, those who would preach and emphasize holiness and good conduct, apart from a heavy diet of emphasizing we are righteous by faith, will actually increase sin in the people they are trying to influence positively. Let me say that again. Those who would preach and emphasize holiness and good conduct apart from a heavy diet of emphasizing we are righteous by faith will actually increase sin in the people they are trying to influence positively. Romans 5.20 says, Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded much more. Hebrews 5, 11 through 13, in that section, it says this, you have become dull of hearing. It goes on to say, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Now, it's interesting that it doesn't say unskilled in the word. It says unskilled in the word of righteousness. I've done a podcast blog on that uh, a few weeks ago or a couple months ago. One of the greatest skills we can have is to be skilled in the word of righteousness. Here's what that means. This means that we are relentless in our belief and confession that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus even when we sin, and sin means to miss the mark of God's highest for us. 2 Corinthians 5.1 tells us that Jesus became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Again, if our preaching and teaching is mainly emphasizing right living, we are part of the problem. If we believe the moral decline in our country will not be stopped unless we as the church go back to strongly preaching against behavioral sin, then we are a main part of causing behavioral sin. <laughs> Whew. 
Let me say that again. Let me read those both. Again, if our preaching and teaching is mainly emphasizing right living, we are part of the problem. If we believe the moral decline in our country will not be stopped unless we as the church go back to strongly preaching against behavioral sins, then we are a main part of causing behavioral sins. We may seemingly get positive results in the short term, but preaching the law will ultimately only increase sin. That's why it's unwise if you go to a church and the first thing you see is the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I mean, again, we, we honor that. We, we recognize that as basic laws for healthy living. But if that's what is held up, if that's what is the message that's coming from the church, that's bad news. That's bad news because the more you emphasize those things, the more they're going to happen. <laughs> Before I go on, I want to clarify something. I want to clarify this. I hate sin and wrong living. I hate sin and wrong living. I've seen the horrible effects of sinful choices on individuals, families, and nations. It grieves me to witness the devastation and pain caused by wrong living. I agree with those who proclaim God will heal our land if we as God's people humble ourselves, pray, and turn from their wicked ways. But we cannot turn from our wicked ways apart from radically believing we are righteous. If we're just telling people, if we're having repentance meetings and we're calling out people's sin and and making that the goal, making that the emphasis, it's a wrong emphasis. We cannot turn from our wicked ways apart from radically believing we are righteous. There is no other way to do this because we cannot consistently do what we don't believe we are. If I, if I believe I'm a sinner, I'll sin by faith. If I believe I'm righteous, that righteousness will begin to manifest in my life. Now, here is how we know we are staying in faith and are skilled in the word of righteousness. If we immediately think and proclaim we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when we sin, miss the mark, when we see moral decline around us, when we are tempted to move into regret in if-only thinking, when we are battling sickness, when we are tempted to do wrong, in those moments we are skilled in the word of righteousness if we immediately proclaim and believe our righteousness. So what should we be preaching? Right living or right believing? The answer is clear. Only when we have a solid foundation of emphasizing right believing can we effectively use accountability wisdom, and confrontation to bring right living. This is a radical message. I know I, on our course, the Transformational Mind Renewal course, we just did that as a group, finished up. And that course is also available on Igniting Hope Academy. It's basically a five-month course it takes our content, our best content on the renewing the mind, the five steps of radical mind renewal, and goes one month for each step. Month two is to identify the lies that are creating our lack of hope. 
And some of the sources for lies, certainly believing in past experience more than what God is saying is one of the main sources of believing lies. But another one is bad doctrine, is a works of the law doctrine. You cannot have good beliefs with bad doctrine. And so this message today is focused in on our doctrinal beliefs of what we believe moves the hand of God, of what we actually believe brings transformation. It's a radical message. Let me just say what I'm not saying. I think it's important to say what I'm not saying. I am not saying if you are abusing others, bringing hurt to others, or living recklessly yourself, that you should not get help from skilled people to protect you and others from pain caused by your choices. And I'm not saying that there is never a time for strong preaching to shake people out of compromise and complacency. The most important place to use our faith for is concerning our righteousness. Let me say that again. The most important place for you and I to use our faith is to use it concerning our righteousness. Now we think, wow, I'm going to use my faith to be healed. I'm going to use my faith to bring in resources. I'm going to use my faith to see nations changed. I'm going to use my faith to see a mountain moved. All of that is good. But the most important place we are to use our faith is concerning our own righteousness in God. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first his kingdom, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It's powerful that it's his, seeks first the kingdom of God, the kingdom and his righteousness, not our righteousness. I dream about a day when we will have repentance meetings where people are crying at the altar for not believing they are righteous or not believing they're loved or not believing what God says. And they are more concerned about this than what they are doing. The day is coming. You're part of it. I thank God that you've listened to this message. I pray in the name of Jesus for revelation for you and me about this. This is one you might want to listen to again and again and again and again to get it in your spirit. We can't have right believing without with bad doctrine. Hey, if you like these podcasts, why don't you tell somebody else about them? And we here at Igniting Hope are here to ignite your hope. Because there's no hopeless circumstances, there's just people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is an unstoppable force. If something, something's going to change, somebody has hope. Somebody has the belief that the future will be better than the present. And they have the power to help make it so. When God asked Ezekiel in Ezekiel 37, can these bones live? He was basically asking Ezekiel, hey, Ezekiel, do these bones have a good future? And that's the essence of hope. You've got a good future. That, Jesus brought a message of hope. You, he preached good news to the poor, liberty to proclaim liberty to the captives. It's difficult to influence that which we do not have hope for. And I want to remind you also, the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
We don't need strength at the end of the battle. We need strength in the middle of the battle. I found this out. There's no convenient time to become radically joyful. There's no convenient time. There's going to be a choice. There's going to be a time in our life where we will go after joy. I've written a book called Possessing Joy, A Secret to Strength and Longevity. It's an eight-week personal devotional or group study. It's one of my first books, but it is a powerful book. If you want to know how to make the joy of the Lord your strength, that's a good place to start. Why don't you do it with some other people, either in a group, online Bible study, book reading club, etc. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. We bless you here from Igniting Hope Ministries. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.